For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Popper with two-time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Tell a friend to tell a friend we're back. And uh, Carl, I know it's been an interesting week, an interesting journey here over the last you know, week or so with so much speculation going on, but the Giants finally mm-hmm. get the Daniel Jones deal done, which means they can tag Saquon Barkley. And now it's on to building this roster in the best possible way that they can. Yeah, the boys are back in town and uh, they've got their core uh, two core uh, leaders and, 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 and performers signed up. Hopefully they can work through whatever negotiations that have to be done with Saquon to get him long-term, but we know he is on the roster this year. Um, and that's a good thing, Bob, because we've often lamented that this team has never been able to retain its draft choices. And for the first time in a very long time, they've retained two of their best draft choices in a long time. So that's that's a plus. Um, the rebuild started last season. It's ahead of schedule, but there's still some work to do. And this year, uh, these two acquisitions are key to the next step in the growth process of this Giants team. You know, I've read and listened to so many people's opinions on this about, you know, the Giants can't go to 40 million. It can't be a four. We don't know the contract details. We don't know yeah. what's what's real. And, you know, is it 40 million a year? There's incentives in this whole thing. Uh, from what I've read, at least in the early reports, Daniel Jones cap hit this year is only going to be $19 million. So that gives them a lot of, a lot of breath and a lot of space. And if they can get a Barkley deal done, that would be even better. But the whole thing about this is, you know, I saw people talking about, you know, Joe Shane can't buckle. He can't be forced. You know, the giants can't just off one year, uh, give this guy all of this money. They're only giving him this money. Because they believe they're Daniel Jones fans. And Brian Dable is obviously Mm -hmm. a Daniel Jones fan. Because if they were still lukewarm about what they thought his upside could be, they would have just franchise tagged him or they would have moved on in a different direction. So, So this narrative that the Giants had a gun held to their head in order to make this deal and Daniel Jones had some (laughs) sort of leverage, it's ridiculous because they had a lot of options. There was a franchise tag option. There was move on from this guy and let's draft somebody who we think's got better upside. They believe Brian Dable in his heart believes that Daniel Jones can be a tremendous player in this league or else they never would have gone down this road because you go down this road. This is the kind of decision 
that could cost you your job a couple of years from now. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, too. Um, I get it. The fans are um, emotionally invested. Um, but just some of the things I was reading, you would think the money was coming out of their pockets. Um, and the thing, what you have to realize is that the Giants are negotiating from a financial structure they knew going in what they could and could not afford to do. I think uh, with Daniel Jones and his representatives, they knew the uh, financial structure of how this thing was going to work. So I don't think they were ever $15 million apart or $20 million apart. They worked within the parameters of, of what would be the high end and what would be the, um, I would say the, 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 part the 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 end of a, a deal where everyone feels great about it but they were never you know two states apart you know once what daniel jones was not in washington dc saying you guys got to come all the way here and vice versa so um there was a financial structure infrastructure in place that they worked from and you know fans don't understand that it's a negotiation everyone got emotion. I'm talking about the fans and they got emotionally invested in, in way overboard in some instances, like, you know, walk away. He's not worth it, blah, blah, blah. And there may be some people that still don't think he's worth the money, but here's the other part of it. In about three, four months, whatever the number is for Daniel Jones, if it's a four, if it's 40 million, that's what he's averaging. That's going to look like middle of the road. Because the next group that comes along are going to start with a five and go up. And people, and I know the sticker shock that fans are experiencing right now, but it's because of you. It's because FanDuel has your money. And FanDuel is paying uh, the teams a lot of money. They're paying the league a lot of money. The gambling money is coming in, folks, and that raises the salary cap. The Amazon Thursday night football money is coming in and it's raising the salary cap. So it's sticker shock, but that money is in the piggy bank. And that's why these players are able to get more of it. And I'm happy for all of them. Yeah. And I think the thing again, that we, we have to point to is there's a lot of talented quarterbacks in the draft. There's a, a handful of quarterbacks that are free agents. <clears throat> or available and they determined that the best chance for us to be the best team that we can possibly be and to get to a super bowl and i, I think if anybody has listened to brian dable talk and be interviewed and talk about his passion for winning <clears throat> they believe that this quarterback over all of them is the one that they want to ride with because again David Carr was a free agent when he got let go by the Raiders. Giants could have brought him in. The Giants could have gotten in a David Carr uh, romance courting situation. They didn't believe that, they, uh, that Derek Carr is better than Daniel Jones or his upside is even close to what Daniel Jones' upside is. Do they think that some of these quarterbacks in the draft are talented? Sure. But not to the point that they wanted to start over. 
They yeah. really I, fans have to get this through their head. You know, that this whole crowd of I wouldn't pay him over, a, a, you know, if you get him for Go 34 yeah. or 35, that's fine. They believe that this guy's the, yeah. the best option. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you have folks that say, oh, you know what? There are plenty of recyclable quarterbacks that can come in and do the job. Folks, what you forget also is there's a, a team chemistry element. There's an element with coaching and, and, and also the locker room. If you want to just take your one of your team leaders and say, you know what, here, take Jameis Winston. He can lead you. Now, it disrupts your team chemistry. They built a culture here. They have a guy that they believe in. He had his tryout, if you will. By them not extending him and saying, you're going to have to play out uh, last year, prove to them that he's their guy. So get over it. Get behind Daniel Jones and get behind your team or not. But he's going to be here, and for whatever the people say on TV, you know, have at it. The ink's dry on the contract, and he's going to be the Giants quarterback. Yeah, and I mean, I I think you're 100% right. They did the right thing in not picking up his fifth-year option because they wanted to give him a year to test him, and Mm -hmm. they wanted to see how he reacted to what their offense was, what the upside could be. I mean, there's so many things that happen behind the scenes on any given play, um, on any given moment in a game. And I mean, there were times where Daniel Jones this past season was being criticized for things. And you and I would talk to Dave's taping the TV show with him. And he's like, "Uh, that's a bunch of nonsense, because here's what really happened on that particular play Mm -hmm. where he might be getting ripped. So as, as far as their evaluation process was concerned, they're like, damn, he did a lot of good things on this thing, including not throwing it to a guy who was not even where he was supposed to be because it wasn't in his read or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's so many things that come with it, but at the bottom line is they have a chance now to really kind of jumpstart this rebuild with what they're going to be doing. Uh, do you think that they'll get a, a deal done with Barkley or do you think they just hang on the franchise tag? I think in, they're going to work in earnest to get a deal done with him. I think just like um, Daniel Jones, I think Saquon Barkley is now saying to the Giants, yesterday's price is not today's price. I mean, he's come in and he's he's been everything and then more. Uh, than they thought he would be, I'm sure, because he was coming off a down year injuries, blah, blah, blah. And he has just stepped up to be as premier as possible and probably could have been a 2,000-yard total yard back. But he had, with the last few games of the season, he touched the ball nine, ten times. So, and I know they believe in him too. And this is interesting because Brian Dable has this reputation of being a pass first guy, right? And he doesn't concentrate, but he understands that different personnel um, warrants different style of coaching. And that's what I like about him. And I like about um, uh, um, uh, Mike Kafka that they can look at the talent that they have and use it to the best of the team's ability. And, um, Getting Barkley done is important um, for the long term, but also 
you've got to now, aside from Barkley, you've got to now start to assemble some competent um, assets around them on the offensive side of the football. I mean, it's, it's, it's cool to watch, you know, the effort of some of these receivers, but now it's time to, it's time to level up and get, you know, a really good receiver in here and let the other guys that are developing on this roster, let them continue to develop, but you do need a top tier receiver in order to compete in uh, this division, this conference, this league. So um, via Twitter last night, I had, I had asked for, you know, some listeners to throw some questions, some fans of the podcast to throw questions. And one of them was T Higgins. Now, unless they're like really lying. um, And I know you respond. I know you responded in one of the tweets, like Cincinnati's has said, we're not trading the guy. Our job is not to get rid of good players. Um, Our you know, let let other teams go find their version of a T. Higgins. Yeah, I so say you want a T. Higgins, go find your own. But see, this is where um, the fandom takes over from reality. People dream of these things in their head, and you do realize, folks, it takes two teams to tangle. You can point to any player on any team and put it in a tweet. Doesn't mean it's going to happen doesn't mean it's even possible to have. You know, we had a 19, we, we had a nine player trade just to move up to get one of the three top quarterbacks somebody proposed. I'm like, dude, you're picking 26. Do you know what goes on 25 and above? You know what you have to do to get that high? And then PFF trade generator accepted the idiotic fucking trade i'm sorry folks but you're playing a video game when you put when when you put one of those things one of those proposals into a machine it's like the magic eight ball pff says trade accepted no it's not not in the real world you know you got you or move down move here's another one move down to to accumulate more picks. Well, you got nine already, right? So you want to move, you're 26. You want to move out of the first round to accumulate how many more picks? And why not just use the picks you have to get good players? You're moving away from good players as opposed to towards good players. Right. I think that you can never forget, which look, I mean, it, it paid dividends in the Barkley situation, and it's going to pay dividends to the Giants as, as as it relates to Dexter Lawrence. I mean, when guys are first-round picks, that fifth-year option is huge. I mean, yeah. if the Giants don't pick up Dexter Lawrence's fifth-year option, they would have been facing a Daniel Jones decision, a Saquon Barkley decision, and a Dexter Lawrence decision. Right? And all, yeah, and all are very crucial players. You lose one, you weaken your team. And I know people are like, well, um, let's let Daniel go and keep Saquon. Well, you know, you need a quarterback in this league. Um, Let Saquon go, keep Daniel. Well, you know, uh, the leadership of Saquon Barkley 
alongside of his top tier performance makes you a really good football team. And it's not a, as much as people like to say, um, you can recycle backs and you can do, when you have an elite back, you have an elite back. Simple as that. And yeah, you can by committee do a lot of different things in this league, but when you got an elite back, he's an elite back. And you, you, you want to try to make sure that you can keep that weapon in your offense. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, listen, you, in this, this league today, you can't win without a quarterback. We all know that, which is why yeah. if they were going to have to use the tag, Jones was getting it and Barkley wasn't. Again, mm -hmm. that again speaks to how much Brian Dable and the internal viewpoint of him, and I'm talking about internal meaning football, not Mm -hmm. front office, not ownership. I mean, just football, the football people were willing to take chance of losing Barkley to keep Jones. If they had to tag him. that's mm -hmm. what they, they, I mean, that speaks to what they think of him as a quarterback, because there's the Garoppolo's out there. There's the cars out there. Um, there's, you know, there's guys out there that could be, that could have been had. And they were like, no, no, Nope, 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 nope. Yeah. We're going to keep this guy regardless. So I saw something about, the, you know, fans have talked about DeAndre Hopkins and his unhappiness in Arizona. Guy's talented. Um, he's missed time with injury and suspension. Um, this is one of those situations where any kind of personal contact or personal intel, coaches talk, GMs talk, people know each other. They've been on staffs together to me, unless, you know, unless there's a situation where they have like really good Intel, I'm not sure if that's, that's a route that they would want to go in. They could, but yeah. again, that it speaks to the fantasy part of all this, the, the numbers and the, as opposed to, all right, how does this guy fit in with the dynamics of this team? Is this guy going to be a headache for us off the field? Are we going to have a whole bunch of drama issues with him? Whatever the case may be. Now, that could all be false. And sure. But well, we don't know. The, so, you're just well, what we, like, so the DeAndre Hopkins thing is intriguing. I don't know. It's just a matter of a fit. I don't think we've ever, until this past year, when we saw him overtly screaming at, Kyler Murray, I don't think we've ever heard of a situation where he was a diva. I may be wrong, but he's been the quiet type of guy from what I know most of his career. So um, maybe again, people have better intel than us that sit on the, you know, sit on the couch and watch these guys perform and not know a lot about well, we, them. We know he and Bill O'Brien didn't get along in Houston. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that was for sure. Um, but, you know, as we talk about the competency of receivers that they have to level up, right? Um, if you guys would really, you know, the people who think that what Daniel Jones and Mike Kafka did last year was no big deal, when you look at some of the things they had to do schematically, 
you'd shake your head. And a lot of coaches would have thrown up their hands um, because they had to scheme guys open mm-hmm. quite a bit. I mean, scheme them open. And if you're not where you're supposed to be, uh, the play looks ugly. And I say that because they didn't have a single guy who could win off the line of scrimmage, meaning here's my alpha. He's going to get open. I just need to throw it in that direction. No, they had to scheme every single play. And that's hard to do and still not be predictable from series to series, from game to game. Like they literally, if you go back and folks, you start to break down this offense, there ain't nobody running by anybody. It's all schematics and they're trying to, and they're trying to scheme it. And that's why when you see a guy who's not where he's supposed to be and the quarterback didn't throw the ball because it was probably going to be intercepted because everything they did with this group, they had to scheme a guy open. Now that said, I want to say a little something on the air here, Bob, and I don't, I want you guys not to say anything because there's an under-the-radar guy now. The hype has quieted down. You know, nobody has a fever dream of this guy. If you don't say anything, I got an OBJ thing in the back of my head. Like, they're, they're going to get some receivers, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't know with Odell Beckham, you know, where he is in terms of his rehab. But I guess the longer people don't talk about him, I think the better the candidate he'll be uh, to come back. Because the one thing he can do is catch the football. You know, I don't know. I don't know where he is in terms of his rehab, what his speed is like. But as a complimentary piece, with another good receiver, man, that'd be nice. You know, Keep it's so eye. fun. You and I have worked together for such a long time that we must be like on the same wavelength because I was going to ask you, we haven't heard anything about that. And yeah. it's been quiet. And I would expect that his camp, as we get to the free agency period, going to start ramping up the publicity machine once again like right now it's been quiet very quiet you know what listen believe in giants fans giants fans the cold word is j-o-b not <laughs> o-b-j we just when you refer to this player we're gonna call it j-o-b don't tweet me anything that says o-b-j we're calling him operation j-o-b I think you're funny. You're funny. Cold word, J-O-B. Okay, well, J-O-B is, you know, 14 months now removed from his surgery. Uh, We'll, you know, they did have a good visit with him. Um, I think this will be interesting to see what happens with this. Again, it's Joe Shane ain't throwing around money just for the sake of throwing around money. I know, but here's the thing. Let's just say he's not quite ready yet, but he's ready enough. Um, they could, you know, I would see it's it's counterproductive for any camp 
meaning uh, player camp, to put out my guy's not quite ready yet, right? But considering we haven't heard a lot about um, that Operation JLB progress, um, he may not be ready yet. But I just, you know, now might be the time. He may be closer to being ready. Now might be the time where you go in and you, you take a look at that and you say, you know what, it could be a good addition. We can work with him to get him back to where he needs to be. But he's not, he's not going to be your kingpin at this stage anyway. You still need another guy and you still need another guy. You know, Wandell Robinson is probably out all of this year uh, or the majority of it anyway, because he got hurt late in the season. Correct. Got hurt in November. So they, yeah. they, they could have him back for the, they'll have him back for the start of camp. Um, and then there are going to be some players in the draft that uh, will fall to the Giants. There'll be plenty of receivers. Um, there's a guy I like a lot. Not not going to be a first or second rounder, but he's a you know from what I hear, he's got the juice. Can you share the name? T- yeah, his name is Tank Dell, University of Houston. Um, like him, dude. They say he lit it up at Senior Bowl, and I even when I'm looking at this, I had I watched him a few times during the year, and then these reports were coming from. Uh, the senior bowl about this wide receiver. Nobody could cover him. Nobody could cover him. And then the name Tank Dell came out. I'm like, well, damn, that was the guy I was looking at earlier in the year. I saw like three of their games. I'm like, this guy's pretty good. And then John Schmelk was at the senior bowl and I text him. I'm like, is it true what they're saying about Tank Dell? He's like, dude, he's having a great senior bowl. and like, nobody can cover him. So um, this download just be a matter of whether or not the giant he he's there when the giants are picking you know he's not i don't think he's going to propel himself up into like the first round but from the personnel people that i've talked to along with people that were at senior bowl they say he's got the juice i just that's a guy i'd like to see too look at carl he's got operation j-o-b and he's got tank dell all right. Operation I, JLB. So on Twitter last night, you know, when all this news broke, I said that we'd answer some questions. We've covered some of them already in broader scopes. I want to, I, I promised uh, Tanvir Dewal that we'd answer his question. He, he asked us, does Joe Shane need another season to really call this team a contender? And is this team a contender now? Sorry for the two questions. I just, like everything this regime is doing and I'm trying like hell not to get my hopes up. Well, I mean, they made the playoffs last year. I don't think that they thought that they had a team that could win a Super Bowl because there's a Mm -hmm. difference between getting into the playoffs. Like I mentioned, Bill O'Brien, all those years that the Houston Texans were winning the AFC South. I think you could, I think you could legitimately say that the Texans had a playoff caliber team, but at no point in time did you ever think any of those Houston Texans teams were Super Bowl teams. Carl, I think, you know, last year, you know, moving on down, 
from ownership on through. I don't think anyone felt that, man, we got the goods here to really like go win the Super Bowl. But, you know, you get in the playoffs, you give yourself an opportunity, you gain experience between free agency and the draft and having your quarterback solidified. I got to think that expectation levels are we got a team that can make the playoffs and go deep. Yeah. So the key was getting, getting a team that could compete in the first year of a regime change. Uh, they were able to get to the playoffs. They knew there were gaping holes in this roster. Um, but they were able to win enough games to get to a playoff and to win a playoff game, right? So what that does for the current players is create a belief system and it sets a standard. For players that are going to be added to this roster, they're coming into a, in a locker room now that's not a losing locker room. This is a winning locker room with a standard that is now being set. Um, so all they're doing is making additions and being a part of something uh, that's winning. And so when a new guy comes in and they got to sit with Dex or Leo or uh, Xavier or Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley, those guys are saying, hey, we made the playoffs last year. You're going to help us take the next step. We, we won a playoff game last year. Uh, you're the guy who's going to help us take the next step. And so uh, the expectation, and I, you know, I said that Joe Shane and Brian Dable and staff were ahead of schedule because of their ability to win some games early on and get themselves in position. But they realized that they got to compete in this division and they got to make a, they've got to make a statement in the division. You know, it was Philadelphia and everybody else. And you can't be part of everybody else. You got to be nipping at the heels of the top dog in the division, right? So, um, yeah, you're going to win. You want to win your non-division games, as many of them as possible, to continue to give you that, that kind of backstops you. You know, you start to you start to pile up a few games early, and you know, inevitably in the NFL, you're gonna hit a little skid unless your team is completely stacked, right? They backstop themselves so that they put enough wins on the books, and when it all flushed out, they didn't back into the playoffs, they made the playoffs. Uh, and then they won a playoff game. But now it's time to become that team, to become that team that says, hey, Philadelphia, we know you're good, but you know what? We're going to keep nipping at your heels until we knock you off. Dallas, stop getting so comfortable that you can just run through everybody. Uh, you're no different than us, and now's our time to take that leap. That's where this team has to be from a talent perspective. Uh, I think mentality-wise, you get good players, you feel better about your chances of winning. When you have average players, you rely a lot on coaching scheme and the other team not showing up in some areas or making mistakes in some areas, and you have to be mistake-free. So um, I think they're going to take the next step. Uh, this They were ahead of schedule last year. 
adding more pieces. And I think that's why it was important to have Saquon, the continuity of Saquon, the continuity of Dexter Lawrence, the continuity of your quarterback. Because once you get a little bit ahead of schedule, you don't want to step back and say, well, we got to wait on this quarterback to get caught back up where, uh, where Daniel Jones was. So, you know, one of the things about having salary cap flexibility is I, I just want to caution fans. I think Joe Shane, based on this deal and at least the preliminary ways that we're hearing that it was structured with Jones, is being smart with how the money's spent and distributed. I think what people also have to understand is they're not going to, like, severely overpay for players that, again, become fantasy wants on the free market because the the thing that you have to remember is as they're building this and with their quarterback in place and if they can get a deal done with Barkley to free up a little bit more salary cap room you know you're looking at Dexter Lawrence is going to be playing under his fifth year option so you're going to have to make decisions on him at the end of the season whether it's a franchise or a long-term deal Xavier McKinney was not a first round pick so you're going to have to worry about that you know that they want to keep Julian Love. Uh, mm-hmm. Andrew Thomas is going to have a contract coming up. You know, uh, and he's another guy. So, <clears throat> you know, these are all things. Joe Shane is going to make decisions in free agency with that in mind of guys that are going to be that they're going to have to deal with next season at the end of this or at the end of this coming season and moving ahead to 24 and even 25. So when there's names on the market, if you see the Giants shy away from a price tag, it's because he's thinking about the pieces that they have homegrown internally that they have to allocate money for. So, again, this is not like fantasy football. They're going to be smart in how they do this. With that said, Carl, um, the biggest gaping holes that need to be addressed in free agency and via the draft, at least in your opinion, with this team? Well, you can't go into the season um, with the linebacking core that they have. You, I, Hopefully, um, Beavers is back, um, but that's just one guy who's young who hasn't played a lot of football. They've got, listen, this, uh, this defense... You know, God bless Wink and his staff as well, because, you know, they from 20 to 20, you could do whatever you wanted. And they were great in the red zone. And that's been their saving grace. But damn, you can't give up. I think they had three or four games this year where they were almost 300 yards rushing and 300 yards passing. You can't do that. Not not in the NFL. Um, So they got to be better. At the linebacker position, they got to get more depth at corner. Healthier corner is probably another cornerback. Uh, I think your safety position is good. Now, there are, again, guys that are on this roster that haven't played a whole lot, right? Uh, Williams, who had his run-ins with, you know, playing time, and uh, he's on the roster still. Let's see if he can, can step up. There's a lot of guys, but you still need to upgrade your talent. Right. You can fall in love with the effort of a lot of average players. And then you look around and you say, well, this guy takes us to the next level. And that's where they have to be. And I think linebacker wise, 
and he doesn't necessarily have to be a first round draft choice. They don't, you don't have to be those. You look at San Francisco, right? Just find good doggone players for your defense to upgrade them. Cause right now it's just what they're putting out there is not acceptable. You know, and I, the wink is the wizard because from 20 to 20, they was surrendering a lot of, lot of yards. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, shorter field is when they were able to condense it and, and make some things happen, but they, they need better players. Yeah. And I mean, and Joe Shane knew that they needed defensive line rotational depth, but because they were hamstrung with the salary cap last year, you know, he had mentioned to me numerous times, Hey, there's, a, I won't mention the names of the players. He goes, but there were some guys we were really interested in to bring in. We just didn't have the money and they wound up signing elsewhere and they would have helped. So the guy, so the guys that they had were what they could afford. Now they can afford right. some better upgrades because they have to be able to spell Dexter. They have to be able to spell Leonard Williams. And there can't be such a sizable drop off when those guys come out of the game where they're not getting, you know, where, where it's just, Right. You know, it just becomes, and you're right. The inside backer position is another one. I, I think offensive line, everybody knows that they've got to strengthen the interior of their offensive line. Mm -hmm. uh, the guard positions, the center position that has to be strengthened. And then you hope that Evan Neal continues to progress and will progress once he, you know, he played hurt. He fought through it. It's a lot like Andrew Thomas's rookie season. I'm not sure. saying that Evan Neal is going to become Andrew Thomas, but a reasonable facsimile would be awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, the wide receiver situation, you know, depth in the running back room and just overall upgrade of the roster is really yeah. kind of the next thing. And, and I think free agency and, uh, and the draft will solve a lot of those issues for them. Well, here's, here's an area too. So when you, when you look to upgrade, you, you also look at what you currently have on your roster that could be better right? Or someone that was missing. Um, I said this at the end of the season, and I'm going to say it again. Aziz Ojolari has to have a conversation with his body, and they got to make a decision. Um, be healthy and contribute or stay where you are and be in and out of the lineup. And it's not his fault that he gets hurt. But I'm just saying he's got to have a heart-to-heart -heart with his body, and they got to figure out this pain threshold and whatever it takes to stay on the field because the guy gets out of bed rushing the passer. The problem is he's in the infirmary more than he's on the field. And that is one of the reasons why the Giants have to manufacture pass rush so much you got the closer on one side and you can see he was coming on at the end of the year that closer is Kayvon Thibodeau for those of you who don't know the other side doesn't exist I mean you got Jahad Ward who's your utility player who does a lot right but there's not that one guy who wakes up in the morning puts his shoes on and they rush the passer that's Aziz Ojolari He's got to have a conversation with his body. They're not asking him to do a hell of a lot either. 
Like, it's not like, well, you're going to have to drop in the coverage and you're going to have to do X, Y, and Z. He's got to sign a contract, him and his body, and they got to get help. And from there, they still got to get another guy just so that he can stay healthy once in him and his body are in accord that they're not going to get hurt. They're going to be on the field more than they're off the field. He started camp injured. He came out of camp, played a couple games, got injured, then got healthy, got injured, needed him in a big game, had a five problem. I think that was in the playoffs, injured. So again, I never, you know, I don't criticize a guy injuries or injuries, right? I don't, I don't say that he's, you know, he's faking it. I, I don't know his body. I don't know his pain threshold, but him and body can make a lot of money if and be a big contributor on a team that needs a pass rusher if they can if they can get help. Like those are the internal guys. Before you even look outside of your building, you gotta look at guys who are on the roster, young, inexpensive. You know, uh, you don't have to overpay to get what you may be able to develop in-house. And then the guys that you come, that you bring in are guys that upgrade you, but you didn't have to pay an arm and a leg for it, right? Because now they're part of a roster that didn't have a glaring need. They needed upgrades. Correct. And that's where you that's where you get your best bargains is when you go to that secondary free agent market um, where you get guys on a much better price point because they're guys but still are, really good players. Correct. Really good players, but not the top tier free agent guys, because you got plenty of guys at certain positions that should mm -hmm. be your frontline guys. That's how you that's how you have these teams. I mean, Belichick made a killing over the years on the secondary free agent market and guys that came in and 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 were the ones that helped put them over the top. So we all agree it's interior offensive line. Wide receiver is the most obvious of choices. Um, and then that interior of the defense and the inside linebacker position with the skill set that fits Wink Martindale's defense clearly are the priorities for this team. Uh, you got anything else to get off your chest? So you're saying there are a lot of holes. A lot of holes. There, there's I mean, still a lot of holes in this. Yeah. I mean, the defense was ranked like 28th, and they were one of the worst defenses against the run in the NFL, yards per carry and everything else. Yeah. So let's not fool ourselves. Wink was the magician, as you said. But let him, wizard. let him be the wizard from a position of strength as opposed sure. to being a wizard to try to plug all these holes on every given drive. <laughs> and that's my Kafka too. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, they are building a solid foundation. I think two of the key pieces that can keep you ahead of schedule, your quarterback and your running back. Right now, get them some good players and watch what happens. Tell a friend to tell a friend to not say a word about Operation J-O-B. Keep that under your hat, Giants fans. But, you know, anytime someone mentions that guy, you say, nah, we don't, nah, we don't, nah, he's not ready. You know, we want to downplay it, but we really want Operation J-O-B. 
Can't say it any better. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Believe in Giants. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.